0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash loss.
1: This month, South Africa's former president, Jacob Zuma, may finally go to trial for corruption. His day of reckoning has been nearly 20 years in the making. For South Africans, his trial is divisive. Fierce supporters of Zuma say it's all a campaign to take down a great liberation leader. But if he's convicted it could spell a new day for those seeking to curb corruption in the country. Tonight, the Zuma era came to an end. And the man who's dominated politics here for more than a decade left the stage. But at this time, may well be a signal to Mr. Zuma that he no longer enjoys the power that protected him.
0: In South Africa, we're seeing some of the worst political violence in that country since apartheid.
1: And the death toll is now up to at least 72. This comes after former President Jacob Zuma was sent to jail.
2: His supporters took to the streets, but it has now boiled over into a narctic rage fueled by persistent poverty that's been exacerbated by a deadly third wave of the COVID
1: pandemic. This is Vice News Reports, and I'm your host, Ariel Dzumras. So, Nsepeng, you've been covering Jacob Zuma for Vice, but first off, would you mind introducing yourself? My name is
2: Nsepeng Mutema. I am a journalist based in South Africa. I am black,
1: proudly black. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm really excited to talk to you about this. So I've been following the news about this court case against Jacob Zuma that has been delayed all summer. But I want to understand more of the context here, right? Like what it means for South Africa now. So I thought we could start with Jacob Zuma himself. What's his story? Tonight, the Zuma era came to an end. And the man who has dominated politics here for more than a decade left the
2: stage. Well, the story is that right now he is a former president who has corruption allegations that have followed him for pretty much the past 20 years. He will go down in history as uh, an utterly corrupted uh, and disgraced leader. But we've got to take it from the beginning. Jacob Zuma is a freedom fighter for many people in this country. This is a man whose father died when he was a young boy. He grew up poor in rural KwaZulu-Natal, one of the provinces in the country, looking after his grandfather's cattle and goats while his mother was a domestic worker in the city of Durban. He had no formal schooling. And at age 17, he joined the African National Congress, which was the liberation movement and is currently the ruling party.
1: Right. The African National Congress, the party that fought against apartheid, and of course, the party of Nelson Mandela. Yes,
2: yes. So he becomes very involved. And three years after joining the ANC, Jacob Zuma joined the military wing, the part of the ANC that was going to lead the armed struggle against apartheid. Jacob Zuma was actually jailed because of his attempts to have black people in this country free. He spent 10 years in in prison, Robben Island. A lot of people know of Robben Island because of the late great Nelson Mandela, who himself was uh, imprisoned there. Right. So Jacob Zuma was imprisoned alongside N- Nelson Mandela. And so to a lot of people Jacob Zuma, he is a liberator, and they won't hear anything outside of that. But his story doesn't end there.
1: Okay, so for many people, Jacob Zuma is a hero, right? A a liberator. He's got these humble beginnings. So what happens after he's released from prison?
2: So when he leaves Robben Island, he has to be in exile, moving from Swaziland, Mozambique, ending up in Zambia. And through all this time, he continues to hold very significant positions within the ANC, including being the person who organizes the underground structures. that would come into South Africa and would carry out military orders, um, sabotage Mm. the apartheid state.
1: So even though he is exiled at this point, even though he is, you know, not in South Africa, he's coordinating actions in South Africa still.
2: Absolutely. And in coordinating this action, I think it is one of the things that many South Africans then hold dear about who Jacob Zuma is, because being in exile at the time, he was sacrificing a lot personally, risking death. But despite all this, Zuma and his comrades, they continued to resist the oppression. And so, Zuma returns to South Africa in 1990. This is at the fall of apartheid. Nelson Mandela is being released. Jacob Zuma comes back into the country and he is celebrated. He rises through the ranks of the ANC, then works for the national government under Nelson Mandela. In 1999, Nelson Mandela went out of power. Thabo Mbeki was our second president of a free South Africa. And Mbeki's deputy president was Jacob Zuma.
1: I'm delighted to announce that comrade
2: Jacob Zuma is the deputy president. So it's pretty much all said and done that he is going to be the next president of South Africa. But he gets caught up in a corruption scandal, the scandal that would follow him and taint his career for years.
1: So Zuma is deputy president. It is all but assured that at some point he will become president. But I'm, I'm curious, why did people want to support Zuma? What drew people to him? Many people can relate
2: to his life story, his upbringing, being poor and not going to school. This is in a country where, because of apartheid, a lot of people are illiterate. Black South Africans were denied quality education. And so to have somebody who went through that, make it all the way to the highest office in the land, is something that is admirable for a lot of people but also is his personality. He is said to be a very charming man. He has a beautiful singing voice. He puts on a show at political huh. gatherings, at public events. People appreciate that because singing and dancing is a part of who we are. And so Jacob Zuma is this relatable, charismatic, very popular leader that a lot of people are drawn to. But he also is a man who has been wrapped up around controversy. This popularity that Jacob Zuma enjoys, unfortunately, also means that in the eyes of his supporters, he can do no wrong.
1: Hmm. Okay. What do you mean by that?
2: So in 1999, South Africa was buying military hardware, and Jacob Zuma is said to have received bribes from one of the companies that was bidding. The company is called Thales, it is a French company. He is said to have received money to have this company be favorable, to receive contracts from the state, and actually even went as far as receiving more bribes from Thales about $34,000 every year, protecting Thales from investigation into this arms deal. I've come to the conclusion that in the interest of the Honourable Deputy President, the government, our young democratic system and our country, it would be best to release Honourable Jacob Zuma from his responsibilities as Deputy President of the Republic and Member of the Cabinet. In 2005, South Africa is shocked to hear the president of the country saying that I am having to let Jacob Zuma go. He has to step down because we have evidence that he's been implicated in some
1: corruption. Did, did it take until 2005 for that information to reach the public?
2: Yes, yes, absolutely. When it was happening, it was not public knowledge. We found out about it because Jacob Zuma was being let go. My belief, like many other South Africans that are gathered here today, is that uh, you are presumed innocent until proven guilty. And I don't think it would be fair for any of us here to jump before the trumpet. And then in 2005, he was accused of rape by a woman called Physic Ile Nsugela Kuzwayo. Here in South Africa, it is a thing that people spoke about for years and years. When Zuma was going through that court case, even before the judge had made any pronouncements, he was highly popular. His supporters felt that he couldn't have raped anybody and that even the rape itself was a way that his opponents were using politically to try and get rid of him. In my judgment, the state has not proved the accused's
1: guilt beyond reasonable doubt. The accused is found not guilty.
2: And when he was found not guilty of rape, it really erupted into this loud cheer, chanting by his supporters. Oh wow. The ground, you know, felt like it was shaking. That's how many people were out there supporting this man. This woman, uh, Fezegile, actually had to leave South Africa after that. She could not stay in her home country with her family because her house was burned down. She was threatened by people who were supporters of Jacob Zuma because she had dared to say Jacob Zuma raped me. And so, activists or organizations saying that surely this man can't continue to be this popular. Guess what? He became more popular
1: and became the president of South Africa. Wow, okay. Okay, so, you know, with all of what you've just told me, how exactly does he end up running for president?
2: Now we're in 2007. Jacob Zuma is uh, free of the rape charges. And in 2009, there's no corruption charges against him because they've been dropped by the courts. It was thrown out because the judge said that it wasn't a tight case and because it was said that there was political interference and even all this other corruption. People still said, no, it can't be. Zuma, he could never do that. And so he becomes elected the leader of the ANC. The elections were free and fair. And we accept the results. We are very grateful and are humbled by the decisive mandate we have received. And then in 2009, the ANC wins the election and Jacob Zuma is sworn in as the president of South Africa. This country belongs to all of us. Black, white, colored and Indian equally.
1: Okay, so... Obviously, Jacob Zuma was president for a while, so I'm going to ask you to Zoom past a lot of his tenure. But what do you think was his legacy as president? How how would you describe his presidency?
2: In many ways, corruption is one of the markers of his presidency. For the nine years that he was in office, 2009 to 2018, people say that those years were nine failed years Because during that time, more allegations of abuse of power against Zuma actually came up. At um, one point, he was found guilty by the public protector of using state funds to renovate his home. He spent um, millions of South African state funds renovating and having this massive um, amphitheater, a swimming pool, which oh, was, wow. uh, you know, this massive swimming pool, which at the time, it was said to be a security feature in case there was a fire. They could have water to put <laughs> That's, that's what they, that's what...
1: I'm sorry, what?
2: <laughs> the public protector said absolutely not. And he was told to pay back some of the money. Right.
1: That is that is an absurd explanation for having a swimming pool.
2: Yeah. But, you know, you will also hear that he is the president who has done the most for black people in this country economically than any other leader. People will tell you that the number of millionaires that we have in this country rose through Zuma's time in office, it had never been seen before. But what gets neglected to be mentioned in that story is that a lot of that happened through corrupt means. But it was not for the greater good, unfortunately.
1: Right. It's interesting hearing you talk about, you know, the number of millionaires having increased. Typically, that's not how you would say that a leader has elevated the people, right? Because to me, that points to greater income inequality. What about the poor people of South Africa? Did, did those people also see a benefit from his presidency?
2: No, not really. The thing that is significant about this number of millionaires that have been created under Zuma is that we do live in a country where the inequality is so huge, it's also huge on racial lines. right? And this is because of how the economy has been since apartheid. So at any point when Black people seem to be having some upward mobility financially, it is a thing that people appreciate.
1: Right. So the fact that a number of Black people are becoming rich during his presidency, and very rich, that is seen as hey, this guy is looking out for us. He he is taking care of us.
2: Absolutely. A lot of people keep talking about how good a leader he was because people did benefit.
1: So how does his presidency end? (laughs) Under fire from all sides, Jacob Zuma faced an expectant nation tonight. Mm. And nobody watching knew what he was going to say. After the break, Jacob Zuma steps down.
0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So in
2: 2018, South Africa is going into an election and the ANC knows that the people have been unhappy with them. And this is because of Jacob Zuma and the allegations of crime. Africans were seeing Jacob Zuma as the face of corruption. They realized that he now is a liability and therefore ask him to step down. I have therefore come to the decision to resign as president of the republic with immediate effect. And so when Jacob Zuma has stepped down there is this inquiry that is taking place that is trying to uncover all the corruption that has said to have happened under his time in power. And a number of witnesses are called to appear before this inquiry. Jacob Zuma is one of those people, but he refuses. And so this year, 2021, he ends up being taken to the Constitutional Court, which is the highest court in the land. And the court hands down a 15-month prison sentence through it all, he is saying that I am a victim. The courts are being used as a political tool to try and see me behind bars by people who did not want me to become president. I'm here to support you. Whatever decision he's taking, I'm going to support him. That is the thing that shows South Africans how popular Jacob Zuma is. Because not just a guy who's popular, but he's popular with people who are saying that we are prepared to kill for Zuma.
1: Wow. And so this attitude of like, we're prepared to kill for Zuma, how does that actually play out? South Africa is on its knees
2: after days of violence. Police
0: fire rubber bullets, tear gas, but the looters are
2: undeterred. There's not one shop here that hasn't been attacked and completely ransacked. We saw it in July playing out. South Africa's top court on
0: Tuesday the former president Jacob Zuma, a 15-month jail term, for contempt of court following his refusal to appear before graft investigators.
2: His supporters, they march, they go to his home in Ngandla, in KwaZulu-Natal. Some of them armed with guns, sharp objects, saying that we are going to stand guard and make sure that the police don't come and arrest him. The Constitutional Court can do nothing but conclude that Mr. Zuma is guilty of the crime of contempt of court. He then drove himself to the nearest police station to hand himself over. Within days, we start seeing this violence that we were promised. Protests in KwaZulu-Natal province, protests along one of the main um, roads that connects Durban and Johannesburg. The routes that were being blocked are very important for transporting food, fuel, medicine. And the police are saying we have everything under control. But within days, we start seeing destruction of property. And now the police are saying this is not just unhappy supporters, but it seems like it is well coordinated. I'm in Tsepeng Mudema in Midlands, Soweto, an area outside the city of Johannesburg at a shopping mall that was looted, emptied out blowing up cash machines at shopping centers and people um, also started looting because South Africa again is this country where people are desperate. Jobs are very tough to come by here. And people are already doing, you know, were already struggling even before the pandemic. Every store left badly damaged. Ten people died here in a stampede when they came in trying to grab whatever it is that they could get their hands
1: on. I I actually remember seeing some of the headlines in the pictures. There was a lot of destruction around this time, right?
2: It was, it was, we could not believe it. We're also seeing shopping centers being burnt or factories being burnt. Most of it was because of one man, Jacob Zuma. His supporters were saying we're not going to stop until he is released. Members of the public here have armed themselves, banded together with the police and the army to come and defend this shopping center. The army had to come out onto the streets. It's scenes of apartheid. We're used to, you know, to to seeing scenes like that.
1: Mm. Yeah.
2: And so by the time the violence ended, more than 300 people had died and many South Africans lost so much. And so all this violence that we saw in July, how it was characterized. Despite the widespread destruction, this attempted insurrection has failed not just by the police and the army, but actually the president, Cyril Ramaphosa, he came out and and told the nation that it was uh, a failed insurrection. It has failed to gain popular support amongst our people.
1: Hmm. Wow. So President Zuma dodged a rape case, and he's faced a number of corruption charges for years now, charges that forced him to step down as president, but he's never actually been held accountable for any of that. So in terms of this upcoming trial that you mentioned, what exactly is he being charged with and, you know, why now?
0: Is it an overdue reckoning? It's more than just Jacob Zuma on trial, and it's about more than the bribery scandal involving French armsmaker Thalès...
2: Jacob Zuma faces 16 counts of corruption, racketeering, fraud, money laundering, and all these stem from that arms deal from when he was deputy president.
1: So what exactly does this trial mean? Is is this time going to be any different? That we cannot
2: say. And this is because the case has been in and out of the courts for a long time. But it is a significant case that many South Africans are awaiting to see the outcome. And this is because it is really going to be the decider, once and for all, how South Africa deals with corruption. Can you, as a leader in this country, steal with impunity and have the majority of this country live in abject poverty, Hospitals have no resources, no medicine, fewer doctors than needed, schools, school buildings are falling apart, all these things that are happening because of corruption. So the significance of it really is that people want to see that where does it all end? But at the same time, people are still also worried that what happens, when, what happens when he's found guilty, this is because people remember what happened in July, when parts of the country went up in flames.
1: Right. Is there a fear that that could happen again? Absolutely, there is fear. Uh,
2: many people worry that if he were to be found guilty, the violence that we saw was just a, a, a taster. Because now, The people who are said to have planned and carried out this failed insurrection, the one we saw in July, what they also realize is that it is doable. They can destabilize the country. And so it is a worrying thing for a lot of South Africans. As much as they want to see corruption get fought, they also know that the price of having corruption fought in this country means
1: violence. Mm. Okay. So what exactly is the latest with Zuma now?
2: The latest with Zuma is that he is out on medical parole for the contempt of court, the 15 months that he was uh, sentenced by the constitutional court. This also means that he should be um, ready to proceed with this trial, which is in front of the courts. Jacob Zuma's defense is saying that this case is tainted, that it needs to be thrown out of the court, that because it's been in and out of the court system, it is not a case that could ever be heard fairly. Myself and every other South African, every time Zuma is going to court, we are all just sitting there, watching, listening, waiting to hear because we are all keen to see this matter proceed. It's been 20 years and we all want it to be over at some point.
0: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
1: French company Talos has denied any wrongdoing. Also, former President Zuma has pled not guilty and has denied that he committed any crimes. Vice News Reports is produced by Jesse Alejandro Cuttrell, Sophie Casas, Jen Kinney, Janice Yamoka, Julia Nutter, and Sarah Kevedo. Our senior producers are Ashley Cleek and Adiza Egan. Our associate producers are Steph Brown, Sam Egan, and Adriana Rodriguez. Sound design and music composition by Steve Bone, Pran Bandy, Natasha Jacobs, and Kyle Murdoch. Our executive producer and VP of Vice Audio is Kate Osborne. Janet Lee is senior production manager for Vice Audio. Fact-checking by Nicole Basolka. Our theme music is by Steve Bone. So, as always, I'm going to ask you to please take the time to rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. It really does help other people find the show. Vice News Reports drops every Thursday, so be sure to check back in next week.